Hello and welcome back to the Animal Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Ryuji, and thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast today. I really appreciate you. Now, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about how to be a calm vegan, maybe the most requested topic of all time on my page. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about when you talk to someone about animal rights or really any difficult topic, how can you go from feeling the way that you feel right now, which is you might feel angry, frustrated, anxious, sad sad to not being bothered by it how can you get it so that you can calmly respond and really not care what other people are responding back right we're going to break down why i think this happens so why is it that so many people have this issue and it's definitely something that i've struggled with in the past as well so why does it happen and we're going to talk about steps that you can take to start moving in a direction where you are no longer bothered by all this so If that's something that you want to learn about, I encourage you to stick around. We're going to go deep. Let's do this. So what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to talk about how to be a calm vegan. Staying zen in the face of excuses, stupidity, and willful ignorance. Things we are all probably very familiar with. Talking to people about animal rights, you know, as vegans, we stand out from the pack. And so when we talk to people and we tell them things like, or we ask them questions like, do you think it's ethical what we do to animals? Well, some people can get a little bit upset at us. And uh, people can take it in a bad way. They can come up with excuses. Uh, They can say things that are really stupid. They can even insult us. Sometimes we find that people are willfully ignorant, and that can feel very frustrating. The reason I'm doing this presentation is because the most common, or one of the most common comments I get on my content is people saying, how do you remain so calm? I would not have been able to do that. For me personally, I wasn't always like this, and I wasn't always able to talk to people in a very level-headed kind of manner. When I first started doing outreach, I had no idea what I was doing, and so I think this is definitely something that you can learn if you choose to put in the time. So let's start with a little exercise. Now, since the topic of this presentation is how to be a calm vegan, I want to surface some of the emotions that we might feel in different situations. And what I want to do is I'm going to play for you a clip that I prepared. It's uh, a compilation of different moments from outreach. If you watch my content, maybe you've seen them. But I've purposefully kind of put back to back these moments that can be very frustrating. So I want to play this. And what I'm going to ask you afterwards is how do you feel? So I just want you to listen to, uh, you know, I can't show a video on here with sound. So I have the video on my phone and I'm going to play it. You're going to hear the sounds. And I want you to listen to these conversations and tap into how you're feeling. And afterwards, I'm going to ask you, well, how do you feel watching this? So just be aware of that. Let's do this. I do know that we slaughter them and kill them. I'm not going to turn vegetarian if this is like a little propaganda video. <laughs> the video we want to show you is a two-minute video that shows the inside of a slaughterhouse, which oh, yeah, is what happens to cows. Because I know it'd be, uh, I don't want to subject myself to disturbing images like that, because I know it'd be horrific, and I, I'm against that. Like, that's why I support, uh, you know, gra- grass-fed everything. I'd like to buy grass-fed grass. The cows that we show in this video are grass-fed cows, and because they, the end up in the, the, they end up in the yeah. same slaughterhouses that every other cow ends up in. Okay, so this is very interesting. This tastes of So taste, so pleasure justifies killing. In my case, yes. From the animal's perspective, they're about to be killed. You say, my my justification for killing you is that I like how your body tastes. Yes. I'm just trying to put you in 
a, a better understanding of the entire world. Okay, I got you. I appreciate, that. Like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I stand on that side. I stand well, on with you. Are you vegan? I'm not vegan. Well, then you're not standing on our side. I'm not drinking. I don't drink milk. Do but I eat meat. I eat meat. Okay, so you're not on our side then. Let's acknowledge that because. But I mean, it's you cannot. Now you're pushing me away by saying that I'm not on your side because I eat meat. No, but, but because I you... understand. But I eat meat because it's my choice. But you cannot just go well because you eat meat. You're not understanding the whole process. Look, people have to survive. So you're saying, you know, you understand that you know, killing an animal is something that's obviously very ugly. Might not be justified for the animal's perspective. But for you, because you like how the end result tastes, you're like, fuck it, we're just gonna kill them anyways. Yeah, in a sense, dude, okay. yeah. There's a lot of guilt with it. Like, a lot, I know there's a lot, but I don't feel it a whole lot. I know it, but I'll still eat it, dude. Yeah, it sounds like an asshole thing to do, but yeah. And I only take what I need in this life, and I've been doing- Well, it's not true, because if you take, if you take animal products, you don't, to, you don't need to take I'm those I'm products. I'm not going to one bit stop eating meat. Not one bit. Well, because you don't want to. You don't. You don't I need to do that. I don't need to be judged by you. I'm not being judged. Freak like this you is telling me that I'm a hypocrite. Because I eat freaking meat. All right, you're gonna judge me for one fucking thing when I do all this other shit in life. From poor people to older people, I give thousands of dollars away, and I don't need some fuck like you coming here telling me that I'm a fucking hypocrite just because I eat. You acknowledge that yourself. All right. You said that yourself. You know, fuck you and your organization. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna pound hamburgers because of you. And I'm gonna promote this shit. Wow. I'm going to pound hamburgers because of you. So, how do you feel? Who wants to share? kind of gives me anxiety and it's really upsetting to hear actually because I don't get why people say those things. Yeah, you feel anxious. It's upsetting. Yeah, who else wants to share? Yes, I just feel like frustration because it's so difficult to get the message to them. They have like all these walls that's yeah, just frustrating or something because you are trying to say something good, but they take it as an offense of something. Yeah. Yeah. They don't understand. You feel frustrated. Yeah. Does anyone else want to share? Uh, yeah. I'd like to share a little bit too. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like a burning, I guess, sensation in my gut. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, but I also feel because I, I used to be working in the dairy industry, yeah. um, as I said before, so I also see the other side of it too, where these people are not necessarily like, uh, I guess, as conscious as what they're doing is something bad. Yeah. Um, and like it, for me, it's very hard for, to try to explain to like other people that are doing these stuff, like also having seen it, like how, how do I get to, to um, I guess, portray it to them as well. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Would anyone else like to share? Yeah, some maybe I didn't experience it now, but I have a lot of times that I experience also like a sort of sadness because yeah. I feel like I'm making those people angry and I don't mm. want to make people angry. So I feel like sad because I'm making them, in a, um, putting them like in, yeah, in an angry place. So that's something I also feel like, like yeah. no, I don't want to make you sad. I just want uh, uh, angry. Mm. Yeah, you have such good intentions, but people don't receive that. And it's saddening to see that people don't care, that people are not listening to what you're saying. Yeah, totally. So the question I want to ask you, uh, you know, because I'm thinking about me for myself. And those are all valid feelings to have. And I definitely relate to that. But I think one thing that I've been able to cultivate for myself is in general, when I'm in these situations, I really don't feel that that strongly at all. And so the question we're going to try to answer through the course of uh, this workshop is, 
how can you go from when you're in a situation like that, how can you go from how you feel right now? So whether that be anxious, you feel upset, you feel frustrated, you feel a burning sensation, you feel sad, you feel angry. How can you go from that to feeling nothing? And what I mean by nothing is how can you be unaffected by that. That's how I think about being a calm vegan. That's what I personally strive towards. And I'm not going to say that I'm perfectly there. It's not like, you know, I never get upset. I never get angry. I never get sad. Of course, these things happen to me. But right now, the way that I experience these conversations is it's very difficult for someone to say something that really emotionally throws me off. And the way that we're going to be thinking about this and what this question implies is that we're going to talk about how you can actually become this. You know, when people say, well, how do you stay calm? Maybe sometimes I feel like people are asking, what is something that I can do when I talk to people so that I don't blow up in their face? But what I'm talking about here is that's not what this is about. To me, what this is about is how can you be in a situation where when you're talking to people and whatever they say, you're not emotionally reactive to that. The reason that I'm able to respond to people the way that I'm able to respond is not because I feel all these emotions, but somehow I'm controlling these emotions. It's just because I don't feel them. When people say these things, it doesn't really bother me. So how do we get there? That's what we're going to try to answer. The first step to be able to do this is to understand why. Why does this happen? Why do we feel these emotions? Well, I think that there are two major reasons why we feel this. And I think the first reason is because the way that we grew up in society, and this is why what I believed for the majority of my life, is that we learned that emotions come from the external world. What do I mean by that? I mean that we learn that things outside ourselves are supposed to affect how we feel. So for example, something good happens, then you feel happy. Maybe you buy something and that makes you happy. Maybe you think, once I do this, once I have this, once I buy this new shirt, then I will be happy. Once I go see this movie, then I'll be happy. Once I'm on vacation, I'll be happy. It's always these external things, right? It works on both sides. And on the flip side of that is, well, if I lose my keys, I'm supposed to be angry. I'm supposed to feel frustrated. If I get into an accident that I can't control, then I feel frustrated. When something doesn't go my way, even though I couldn't control it at all, I'm going to feel sad about that. And that's what we learn. And how do we learn this? We learn this through consumer culture and the media. What is consumer culture? And by the way, I don't mean to turn this into an anti-capitalist thing, but one place that I really... Uh, became aware of this is in the book Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, which is, by the way, the book that uh, made me become vegan. But it's an incredible book on history. And in that book, he talks about how in this current economic system, what happens is that because the, the goal of the system is to create economic growth, then half the people or some people are told to produce stuff and sell it. And all the rest of us were told to consume things. And consumer culture is this thing that tells us that if you have any problem in life, how do you solve that problem? You should buy something. That's what it tells us. So do you feel angry? Do you feel sad? Do you feel frustrated? Come watch a movie so that you can feel happy again. Pop a pill so that you can feel happy. Everything is solved by buying something. Oh, you're not happy? Maybe you got to buy more stuff. You probably need a better car. 
You probably need a better apartment. You need better clothes. You're not happy because the clothes that you're wearing don't look good on you. That's why you have low self-esteem. So go buy better clothes. Go buy some nicer meal or something, right? How do you how do you be happy on the weekend? Just go to a restaurant, eat a nice meal. That's supposed to make you happy, right? So we learned that all these external things are supposed to make us happy. And then the media. What do things like movie teaches us? Movies teach us, that was wrong grammar, but you get the point, about how emotions work. What does a romantic comedy tell you? When you find your ideal partner, then you will be happy. So everything around us always tells us that it's not up to you. It's not up to you to control your emotions, to figure out a way that your own happiness can come from within yourself. No, no, no. It's all external. And this works both ways for positive and negative emotions. And what I think happens is that because we learn that our emotions are supposed to come from external sources, we get so conditioned on that, that our emotions are extremely easy to manipulate, and people can manipulate them extremely easily. Hence, you're in a situation where you're talking to someone, and they say something, and the conversation doesn't go your way, and your emotions just get manipulated like that. Because you're so used to having all these different things control your emotions. So, just based on what I said here, here's what I want you to participate. So, what are some things, if you think of your own life, what are some things outside yourself that you let dictate your emotions? This can be anything, but I just want a few of you to shout out a couple examples of how you see this playing out in your own life. Maybe like instant satisfaction of like just getting what you want like right away and like not thinking about like what could happen later from that, from that, um, Mm -hmm. from like that decision that you Mm -hmm. made in the short term. Yeah. What are, maybe I'll, I'll ask this question in a slightly different way. What are, try to come up with something that's really concrete to your own life where you think to yourself, Man, this is something that I have no control over, but either I let it, like, and and let's go outside the realm of just talking to people about animal rights, but think about, you know, what are some things in my life that I can't control at all, they're external to me, but I rely on that to be happy, or I really easily let that frustrate me. Does anyone have any examples of that? Oh, yeah, so, so, like, I used to get, like, (laughs) really frustrated, say, if, like, I didn't do well on a test, so I had to work to not let because I can't control that once I've done bad on it. So then mm-hmm. I just have to work to make sure not to like, not let that get me down and get really frustrated from that. Yeah, that's a good example. Thanks for sharing. Zonua, does anyone else have an example they'd like to share? Like maybe going through a breakup or something like that. For me, that had yeah, a lot of impact in my emotions. That I think it's something external at the end of the day. <laughs> no. Yeah. Especially maybe since you've given your all in the relationship and then uh, that was outside your control, for example. Yeah, so those are good examples. So I invite you to start noticing these things because it's really everything, you know, and it can be small things like, for example, well, I noticed that at the end of the day, I always watch a lot of TV to distract myself. I rely on that to be happy. Maybe sometimes you lose something, like you lose your keys and that affects your emotions in a negative way. Maybe your phone is almost about to die and you freak out because of that. All right, so this is something that I invite you to think about 
always in your life because it's re- it can really be anything and everything at the same time. For me, one of the most important turning points of my life is when I really started becoming aware of this. And I really started thinking about everything in my life from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. How are the things outside of me controlling my emotions? And how do I let those things control my emotions? So I invite you to become aware of that. So what's the solution to this? The solution is if you've ever heard this quote, happiness comes from within, it's kind of cheesy, but at the same time, it holds a lot of truth. This idea that whatever we feel, our own emotions are our own responsibility. See, so what happened to me, and I have a feeling this could work for you too, is that if you train yourself and you learn how to live your life in such a way that all those things outside yourself that you can't control don't affect your emotions, then when you're in that situation where you're talking to someone and they say something that's not expected, they say something that is a little bit frustrating, then that's not going to affect you either. So we're trying to fix the problem and not the symptom here. What I'm saying is that if you talk to people about animal rights and they say these certain things and you get overly emotional about that, you feel angry, you feel frustrated, you feel like that's something that controls you, well, the way that you fix that is not just by thinking, how do I fix this in this moment, but how do I fix this in my life in general? Where else do I have a similar situation where there's something outside my control that's external to me that controls my emotions? And the first step to changing that is to become aware of that. And we're going to talk about how to do this in a second, because I'm kind of giving you the overview of why this happens and what to do about it. We're going to go into how. So what's the second thing? That was the first big thing that, you know, we're not in control of our own emotions. I think the second thing is we never learn how to manage our emotions and let go of past trauma. What do I mean by this? I learned about this in a book called Letting Go by David R. Hawkins, which I really recommend to anyone if, uh, if you want to learn more about this topic. But what he says in that book is that the way that we go about dealing with our emotions uh, in society, if we have no training in this or if we've never thought about this, is that we, one, we suppress or repress our emotions. So we feel something and we stuff it down. Or we express our emotions. So that's venting. Or we escape our emotions. Also very common, right? So that's, for example, you feel sad and then instead of facing that sadness, you go watch a movie to escape that. And instead, what he suggests in the book is learn to let go. Because if you don't learn to let go of those emotions, they're going to control you. What happens is that you feel all these things throughout your day. And if you don't learn how to properly process and let go of those emotions, they build up inside you and then they manifest in these weird and unhealthy ways where you talk to someone and, uh, you know, that just pushes you a little bit over the edge and all these things that have accumulated inside your body, all these emotions, they come up in the sense that uh, maybe you blow up, maybe you say something that you didn't want to say, you express yourself in a way that you didn't want to express yourself ideally, right? So that's the second thing. Now, how do we do this? The first thing that we're going to talk about is this idea of reframing reality. What do I mean by this? What I mean by this is we want to ask ourselves, you know, bringing it back to the context of what we're talking about here, how do you interpret frustrating conversations? And the bigger question is, how do you interpret different events that happen in your life? If I were to ask you, you know, and maybe you're not even conscious of this, but... Try, try to bring this into awareness here. 
Say just now you shared with me, you know, you talk to someone and it makes you feel anxious, frustrated, uh, sad, angry. Well, when you have a conversation with someone and those emotions come up, how are you interpreting that conversation or what kind of questions are you asking yourself after you have the conversations or what kind of things are you telling yourself? I have a lot that I think like, why didn't I go to the point or why I didn't stay more calm or why didn't I this that this argument or that argument? Like, yeah. Why was I so defensive as myself as well? So. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. So that's like self-attack. So you're beating yourself up for what you didn't do. Would anyone else like to share? Thanks for sharing. Um, well, I'm at the point where like, I'll try to be like, I'll try to like force myself to think positively. Even like when like my mind is starting to not be, it's starting to have negative thoughts, but then I'll just be like, there's more open people in the world. There's more open people in the world. And like, keep telling myself over yeah. and over again. Well, so, so let's, let's go that first. Those thoughts that pop into your mind. Cause you know, what we want to think about is what, what are your automatic reactions? So when you say, you know, when you start having negative thoughts, what are those negative thoughts? Like, Oh, I could have done way better. I could have held them way more accountable. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a similar thing, there's self-attack. Yeah. Anyone else have something different they want to share? Or maybe something similar. You can share the same thing too. Whatever's authentic to you. Um, I think I feel uh, frustrated that I can't manage the conversation. Like if they're slinging a lot of stuff at me, I feel like I need to answer everything. But then I kind of, like they're just throwing so much at me that I kind of lose myself, you know, in the conversation. And they mm -hmm. just start dominating. So I get really upset that I can't sort of... Yeah, use my own voice. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. So that's like those are that's that's great feedback actually. Um, and I think that's definitely something that's well, I, I definitely relate to that for sure. But yeah, that's probably something that a lot of people feel. And maybe some other questions that other people might ask themselves is things like, why are people so horrible? Why does the world suck? Why does no one care? Right? And so, okay, I see, I see Kumon nodding her head. So, okay, maybe you relate to this. And then you, on top of that, you attack yourself. So what you want to become aware of here is not just the thoughts that you're having, but, you know, what, what is bringing up those thoughts? If you study personal development, one thing that some teachers will say is the quality of your life depends on the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. And all the thoughts that you always have, they're always a result of questions that you ask yourself. So, for example, you ask yourself, what, like, why do I suck so much at this? Or, you know, if you feel like oh, the world sucks, then the question you're asking yourself is, why does the world suck? That's how you're seeing reality. You're having experience that in a, in a way of looking at it, it's a neutral experience. You're just having a conversation with someone. And the way that you are framing it is through all these negative questions. So the first thing I'm going to invite you to do is become aware of when you have a conversation with someone, through what lens are you looking at it? And consider changing that lens. So what are some more productive questions to ask yourself? Well, I think some great ones are, what was awesome about this? So you have a conversation with someone. What was amazing about this? What was awesome about this? And when you think about this, the way that I think about it is, what was awesome about this conversation? That's something that I did. 
Because it's great sometimes you have a conversation and someone is really open-minded and you're like, well, they said this and they said that they were going to watch Dominion and that was awesome. Well, that's great and that's something to celebrate, definitely. But that's not something that you can control. So what I invite you to do instead is find something about the conversation that was awesome that's something that you did. And this can be something as simple as, well, it was awesome that I actually went ahead and had that conversation. I could have not. There are plenty of people in the world who would love to speak up for animals, and they just don't. They just don't. And how awesome is it that you actually went out there and did it? You spoke up for animals. Maybe you could improve, but you spoke up for animals. How awesome is that? That's amazing. Think about that. Maybe you asked a difficult question in the conversation, and you were like, well, do you think there's a kind way to kill an animal? Be like, I actually asked that question. That is awesome. So focus on that. And the second thing is, what can I learn here? This is a big one for me because one thing that I did at a certain point in my life is I just made the decision that everything that happens in my life, I'm going to use that as a learning opportunity. See, whenever I have a conversation with someone and all the conversations that we heard at the beginning of this, when I showed you that little clip, Every time I get out of them, all I'm thinking about is, what was awesome about this? What did I do great? And what can I learn here? That is all I'm thinking about. Those thoughts about how the world is horrible, how people are horrible, how they don't care, how this is so difficult, I don't have those thoughts at all. Because I'm just focused on what can I learn here. And for example, you can focus on what can I learn from the situation about how the world works and about how people think so that I can become a better advocate over the long run. So for example, I talked to someone and, you know, in one of the conversations that we, that we heard, the guy said, well, uh, you know, it sounds like kind of an asshole thing to do, but yeah, to me, like, my taste is more important. Well, what I'm going to ask myself, instead of being like, I can't believe there are people like this, because maybe you think that, you're like, I can't believe some people would actually say that. How is this possible? This is so horrible. Well, instead of thinking that, all I think to myself is, why might that be? And the reason why is because I can't control that, right? The question to ask yourself here is, when you talk to someone, can you ever control how they're going to react? You can't. Even though people like to say that, we as vegans, we like to shove our beliefs down other people's throats and all that. I don't think we can do that. Or at least I haven't found that I can do that. You know, so that being the case, we can't do that. So we can't control how other people act, no matter how much we'd like to do that. And that being the case, how does it serve us to be affected by things that don't control us, that we can't control? Sorry. It doesn't serve us at all. So that's why for me, I just never think about all those things. It doesn't matter. Because I can't control it. So all I think about is, what can I learn? Why did this happen? And then I think about, what could I have done differently? For all of you who shared that you attack yourself where you ask yourself, well, oh man, I should have done this, I should have done that. Well, do that. But instead of doing it in a way where you're attacking yourself, just look at it as things that you can learn to try next time. After all, talking to people, you got to learn how to do it. And you're not going to be good when you first start out. You're just not. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes. That's how life is. Think about it like anything else. Like imagine you learn how to play an instrument. Are you going to make mistakes sometimes? Of course you are. Say you're learning a new sport. 
Are you going to fall sometimes? Of course. So you play paintball. Are you going to get shot sometimes? Are you going to make mistakes that are going to jeopardize uh, your teammates? Yeah, that's probably going to happen. But that's just part of it. So accept that it's part of it and look at all these experiences as opportunities to learn instead of opportunities to hate the world or to self-attack. So that's how I think about it. Now, one framework that I've used for a long time that I want to share with you, and this doesn't just apply to when you're talking to people, and maybe this is not the most appropriate when you're talking to people, but just in your life in general. This is a great framework that I found works really well for me, and I call it laugh, learn, and leave. And so what I mean by that is that when you experience something, you know, the first step is always be aware of uh, you know, how you're immediately interpreting that. So say, let's take a, a very concrete example. Say, uh, you know, you lose something. Say you lose your phone. All right. Well, maybe your first instinct is to self-attack or you think to yourself, well, oh man, this is horrible. I lost my phone. Now I can't do all this. And it's all these negative thoughts entering your mind. When that happens, I invite you to become aware of that. So, you know, bring it to your awareness. And then, Instead of framing this whole thing like it's a horrible event that happened, try to frame it in a way that's funny. Try to find something that's funny about it. Be like, I can't believe that. I am, I am actually freaking out about losing my telephone. This is so funny that we live in a world where we are so, like this little device that I have here, I'm so useless without it. Like how, how silly is that? And then learn from the situation Meaning, in that situation, for example, ask yourself, why did this happen? What will I do next time so this never happens again? So find a way to learn from it and then leave. Just let go. Stop thinking about it. Right? And this takes practice. This is something that it's not going to happen today or tomorrow. But if you start thinking like that, you start becoming aware of how you're seeing things and you control the way that you consciously interpret those events, then that can do wonders for you. A field that you can study if you want to learn a little bit more about this is a field called NLP. This is one of the first things that I learned when I was, when I was first researching all this. This was years ago. But one thing they talked about is how the way that we interpret events can really change how we feel about them. And they, they talked about some really, really intense scenarios. Right? They talked about things like, say you get in a really intense fight with someone, or say you had something that's actually traumatic happen to you. Or say, let's just take this very concrete example of, you talk to someone about animal rights, and they respond in a way that's extremely frustrating to you. Now, the question is, when you think back to that memory, how do you interpret that? Right? How are you seeing that in your head? And what they would say in NLP is, typically, if something has a lot of power over you in the long run, that means that the way that you're replaying the event is maybe something like you see yourself there, you're in first person. So you're in the scene yourself. Then on top of being in the scene, everything is big. The sounds are loud. And you're seeing people, they're closing in on you. All right, so that's how you see the event in your head. And what they would say is, well, maybe instead of remembering that event like that, Remember it in a different way. So make the event really, really small. When you remember that event, play it, say, you know, in your mind, play it on a small screen. So 
The whole thing is very small. What else can you do? Maybe instead of being in color, put it in black and white. Maybe mute the sound so it sounds like it's underwater. Maybe make it look like a cartoon. So you can see that whatever happens, you know, if you have a conversation with someone, you find it really frustrating, and in your mind, the way that you replay it is not like this dramatic conversation, this dramatic fight you had with someone, but instead, it's just like this little bit of a cartoon. They seem really small, it's in black and white, the sounds are muted. Well, that might change how you feel about it. So to summarize all that, I encourage you, I invite you to start becoming aware of when things happen in your life that you can't control, how do you immediately think about that? And how can you reframe that in a way that's going to help you? If you do this in your life in general, you'll find that you'll do this also when you talk to people. And that's going to drastically help you not get frustrated when you're having conversations about difficult topics like animal rights. Now, the second thing, learn to let go. I was talking about this earlier when I gave you the overview, and I was talking about how one thing that we don't learn how to do properly is we don't learn how to manage our emotions, to let go of our emotions, and to let go of past trauma. So the first thing I want to cover here is, what does it mean to be triggered? Because you'll find that even if you really start reframing everything, and when something happens, instead of going to that place where you're like, why does the world suck? You think to yourself, what can I learn here? Well, maybe you still feel a certain type of way. Maybe you just feel really anxious. You feel really frustrated. And that might mean that you're quote-unquote triggered. Right? What, is it, what do I mean by that? Because that's just a word, but I want to explain it. Well, what I mean is that, what, what I mean by triggered is, are you having an emotional reaction that's disproportionate to reality? Because on one hand, we have to realize, okay, when you talk to someone, is it a little bit uncomfortable to talk to a stranger? Yes. Or maybe someone that you don't know that well, yes. Is it a little bit uncomfortable to confront them? Yes. Should you be angry about what's happening to animals? Yes. Should you be sad that people don't care? Yes. All those things are justified emotions. That being the case, the question I would ask you, um, the question I invite you to ask yourself is, if you're having an emotional reaction, is it in proportion to the reality of what's happening? Now, like we established, how people react is not something that you can control. So becoming overly emotional about this is disproportionate. And one of the reasons this might be happening is because, like I said, that's a reflection of some sort of past trauma that you've experienced. Now, if you want to learn more about this, and you want to go specifically into this topic, you can email me after this, uh, after this presentation, or if you're listening to the podcast, you can send me an email at peacebyvegan at gmail.com um, to ask for more resources. This is not something that I'm an expert in, but it's something that's, it's work that I have done on myself that, have greatly helped, that has greatly helped me, so that's why I want to share it with you. Throughout our lives, and especially when we're children, what can often happen is that things happen, that are outside our control, and the way we interpret them is we interpret that like a traumatic event. For example, you're a kid, and say you are in a restaurant, and being in that restaurant, you speak up. You, you start crying, you start laughing, you start yelling. And then your parents tell you, hey, stop that. Be quiet. Now, from the point of view of the parents or from the point of view of the people looking around there, it might seem like an innocuous event. Well, it's just a parent disciplining their child. 
But when you're in that child's position, how does that feel? Well, that can feel like a life or death situation. Because when you're a child, you don't fully know what you're capable of. And to a certain extent, you feel like your survival depends on your parents. And if your parents don't love you, then you're going to die. If your parents don't love you, you are actually going to die. You can't fend for yourself, so you're not going to survive. So what happens is when your parents tell you, be quiet, well, what you feel is, oh my god, I am going to die because mom and dad don't love me anymore. And what that does is that it creates this part inside you where you tell yourself, this part of me that is loud, that's, that's expressive, that's not acceptable. And there are many different events like this that teach you things like, you know, you're not worthy, that you're not enough, that your authentic self is not someone that people want to love. And what happens is that in adult life, when we have events happen that remind us of that, not consciously but subconsciously, then those emotions can come back to the surface. So, for example, you're talking to someone and you ask a very reasonable question and they don't they don't answer you. Maybe they tell you, you really shouldn't be pushing your ideals on people. Well, maybe that reminds you of a time when you were disciplined as a child, not in a conscious way, but in a subconscious way, right? And what happens is that in that moment, those emotions resurface. It triggers that past trauma in you. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not an expert on this topic. So it's not like I can tell you exactly how to, you know, release this past trauma, but it is something that I encourage you to start thinking about. Because for me, this is one of the things that really, really helped me at a certain point. It was about, uh, I think, two and a half years ago at this point, I took this personal development training, this emotional intelligence and leadership training, where we did a lot of this work, where, uh, you know, we went into, basically what we did is we would become aware of all these different things that are running us, and we would become aware of what are the things that trigger us, and we would bring up these emotions, and we would let them go. Uh, and that's something that really, really helped me because after I've done that, and this is an ongoing process, like an ongoing thing that you do throughout your life. But I realized that, man, when I talk to people about animal rights, I've been getting triggered a lot and letting go of that past trauma. It's pretty much erased that or it erased a large part of that. So like I said, if you want to, if you want to learn more about that, then uh, you can send me an email and I can, I can send you some resources to learn more about that. Um, because I'm definitely not someone to turn to, 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 to teach you how to do this, but I just want you to become aware that that's a thing that exists. And I want you to start thinking about that and everything that we're thinking that we're talking about too. This is something that you, uh, it, it's a lifelong journey. So, you know, personal development or learning how to be a master of your emotions, letting go of past trauma, learning how to manage your emotions. That's something that you learn how to do over your lifetime. I'm certainly not perfect when it comes to any of this. I'm on a journey too. I'm just committed to being on this journey every single day until I die. And these are just some things that I've picked up that have worked for me that I think can work for you too. But I'm always, always working on myself. So the second thing I want to talk about is, well, how do you manage your emotions in that moment, right? That's kind of like a big picture thing, letting go of past trauma. But like I said earlier, one way that we learn how to deal with our emotions is we suppress them, we express them, or we escape them. What I'm going to invite you to do, and this comes directly from the book Letting Go by David R. Hawkins, is when you feel emotions, just feel them without resisting them and let them 
run their course. The key here is to not judge and not resist your emotions. So what happens oftentimes is that an event happens. Say you talk to someone and they say something that uh, is frustrating. Then maybe you feel a certain emotion. You feel frustrated. And then on top of that, you judge that emotion. So you say, I feel frustrated. This is bad. And then you do something to say, escape it. So maybe you go watch a movie to escape that or you listen to some music to try to make yourself feel good, to be upbeat. So I invite you to not do that. And again, this is not just for when you're having conversations with people, but just in your life in general. When you feel something, don't judge, don't resist. Just let yourself feel that emotion and see how that is. It might be really uncomfortable. It probably will be. And this is something that you can do, uh, you know, maybe every day do that before you go to bed or when you wake up. Just sit with yourself and become aware of how do you feel inside your body? How do I feel right now? And just notice the sensations. And don't necessarily try to understand them, but just let yourself feel them. And what's going to happen is that it might be a few seconds, might be a few minutes, but at a certain point, is just going to run its course. It's kind of like you look up at the sky and you see clouds going by. Well, think about your emotions as clouds, right? At a certain point, the cloud is just going to pass. It's just going to pass. It's just going to go away. But if you try to grab at it, you know, we can't grab clouds, but imagine we could, right? What we, what we like to do is we like to grab them and then suppress it and hide it and do all, this, all these things. And the cloud just remains there. So you just want to let it pass. So that's why I invite you to start doing. It will pass. So let's do a summary of everything that we talked about here. How to be a calm vegan. Really, this comes through a lifelong journey of shifting from the place that we are when we just go about living the way that society tells us to live, meaning we let all these external things dictate our emotions, to becoming the master of your own emotions, to be the source of your own good emotions. When that happens, you'll find that in the same way that, say, you lose your keys, you lose your phone, you don't, you're not emotionally affected by that. When you talk to someone, when they say things that, well, you can't control, you're not going to be emotionally affected by that either. It goes both ways. And then, I invite you to reframe how you interpret reality. So become aware. When all these events happen in your life, how do you interpret them? What kind of questions do you ask yourself? And then reframe that in a way that's going to help you, right? Laugh about it. Find something funny about it. Find something awesome about what you did. Think to yourself, what can I learn from this? What will I do differently so this never happens again? What could I try next time? And just focus on that. And finally, learn to let go of your emotions. When you feel something, especially something negative, just let yourself feel it and learn what it's like to just let that sit in your body and wait for it to just pass and just let go. And then start thinking about how can I start releasing past trauma? Just notice when anything happens, but maybe particular in this situation when you're talking to people, if you have overly emotional reactions where you get especially frustrated to the point where, you know, because I get comments like this where you feel like you just can't do this. Well, become aware that that's not who you are. That's not you. That's just some past trauma being brought to the surface by this event 
that has just surfaced that. So become aware of that and start thinking about maybe at a certain point I should really learn how to deal with this. So that is my thoughts and my experience on how to become a calm vegan. And like I've already said, it takes practice. So all of this is not something that's going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen next week. It's not going to happen next month. I'm still working on it myself. And I plan on working on it till the day I die. So really, the biggest thing that I could leave you with is I invite you to commit to a lifelong journey of personal development. Because if you do that and you really commit to every day, you wake up and you think to yourself, how can I be 1% better today? How can I become a little bit more aware of what are the external things that run my emotions? How can I reframe things in a way that's going to help me today? Right? And if you do that every single day, then at a certain point, it's going to creep up on you. You're not going to notice it, but at a certain point, you're going to be talking to someone and they're going to say some pretty harsh things. And you're going to notice, hmm, I'm, I don't really feel anything right now. I feel okay with this. This is not really frustrating. This is not how I remember this. And it's going to be awesome. So, that was it for me. We're going to jump into Q&A now. If you have any questions about anything that we just talked about uh, or anything that's relevant to this topic, then uh, go ahead. So when you were saying, like, just feel the emotions, right? Like, after, mm-hmm. after, after a conversation, say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were also saying that you should just feel those and then let them pass kind of thing. Um, do you think that it would be better if, you know, how I said, like, earlier, how it was like, oh, I'm thinking, like, oh, there's more people in the world that are positive, And, like, I keep thinking that those positive thoughts, like, to try to, like, get out of that. Do you think I should just not think that and just kind of just like let it settle first? Great question. So, yes, I do think you should do that because when you try to think yourself out of that, what you're doing is you're finding a way to escape that emotion. So even though in the short term, right there and then, it feels like you're getting like you're getting out of it. I'm finding a way out of it. Well, in the long term, what you're more doing is you're suppressing that emotion, you're bottling up somewhere inside, and that's going to manifest in some sort of weird or unhealthy way. So yeah, I, I really invite you to, when you feel that, just let yourself feel that. And you can do both, you know. It's not because you feel it that you can't then ask yourself, well, how can I reframe this in a, in a positive way? The way that you think about things affects how you feel. So if, you're, if your default is to go into self-attack, if your default is to go into the world as a horrible place, now obviously that's also going to affect how you feel about it. But at the same time, even if consciously you have all the right patterns where you tell yourself, well, what can I learn from this? Well, how you feel you know, how it emotionally hits you is not something that you can control. So if it does really hit you, then I do think it's a lot more about learning how to let go of your emotions, understanding how that might be linked to some past trauma that you might have experienced, and start thinking about how to let that go. And bam, that was it from me this time on the Animal Advocate Podcast. I hope this was helpful and valuable to you. And if it was, I would love if you found a way to let me know. You know, podcasts is a weird one because I just don't know. There's no comment section, so I can't really tell how this is being received unless you tell me. So you can leave a review on iTunes. You can send me a message on Instagram or email me at peacebyvegan at gmail.com. 
or do all three, do everything. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I would just love to hear your feedback. And also, if there are any topics in particular, specific topics you would like me to cover, then let me know. And I just might do an episode on it. I'm looking for suggestions. And ultimately, I do this for you. So I want to make sure that what I put out is valuable to you. On top of that, huge shout out to my Patreon supporters. They make a lot of my work possible. So if you're a Patreon supporter, shout out to you. If you would like to become a supporter, you can do so at patreon.com slash peacebyvegan. Only if you want to and you find my work valuable. So thank you to all my patrons. I really appreciate you. With that being said, I hope you have an incredible rest of your day, week, month, year, and life. I'm just going to keep this uh, this uh, theme song running because I love it so much. But I love you and keep defending animals.